we got a real simple plan. One man, one mission. Georgia has won the national championship. You're a fan, you might think this is sports heaven. This might be college football heaven. This is ESPN's College Game Day Podcast. Now alongside Pete Thamel, here's Reese Davis. Welcome to the College Game Day Podcast, NCAA Tournament Edition, as we pick each game of the first round, region by region, now to the east. Number one seed in the east is Purdue. The number two seed is Marquette. The reason I bring this up is because a bit of an oddity here. Among teams who started the season unranked, finished the season ranked in the top 10, and wound up on the top two seed lines, there have been 34 of those teams all time. 18 of them failed to make it out of the first weekend. 14 of the 22 seated on the two line failed to make it out of the first weekend. Proceed with caution if you're going mm. to be a chalk-eating weasel in the East. Reese Davis and Pete Thamel here. Um, Purdue with Zach Eady. Uh, there's no way with Texas Southern uh, coming in with 20 losses, tying a tournament record for most losses to get in, or fairly Dickinson, who didn't win the Northeast Conference. They lost to Merrimack in the championship game, but Merrimack's in that transitional thing and eligible for the NCAA. Those two teams will play in the first four and the winner of the game will lose to Purdue. So let's, uh, I think we can, court will stipulate that. What about the 8-9 matchup there, the champions of the American Conference, Penny Hardaway's Memphis Tigers against Florida Atlantic, a Florida Atlantic team who for a while this year had the nation's longest winning streak. Memphis has Kendrick Davis, who, who's a guy who can really get buckets for Penny. Uh, I I, I like uh, I like Memphis in this eight nine game, but I think they're going to be challenged by FAU. Yeah, we need to start disagreeing. I'm I'm getting a little bit annoyed because I like Memphis too. I wanted to pick FAU. I liked FAU. I watched I watched their uh, their conference USA title game the other night, and they. They looked like a God. I didn't want to say it. A connected team. I mean, they they guarded their their. They've got good. Yeah, they've got elite guard play. Um, they, I had not seen them much this year until uh, until this week and came away impressed and was like, wow. Now I do think they got hosed a little bit in the seating. I, mm. I just feel like if you're gonna win thirty games in Conference USA, if you look year in and year out, winning games in the NCAA tournament, Conference USA for a non-power league mm-hmm. has been as consistent as anybody uh, anybody doing that. So all, all that said, though, uh, I mean, Memphis is Memphis is hot right now. They're, they're playing really well. Obviously, Houston didn't have Sasser today in, in the title game. They beat a pretty good Tulane team by 40 points mm-hmm. in, the, uh, in, in, in the semis. And <clears throat> other than, obviously, a, a, a home loss to Houston on a buzzer beater and then a road loss to Houston, they, they've been hot since since really February started. So um when you you mentioned obviously uh Kendrick Davis, the point guard who transferred from SMU, again, another guy who's old. DeAndre Williams. Uh, they they he's, don't he's a veteran. Been around. Yeah, yeah, he's 26, Reese. Yeah. All right. It's all right. He's 26. COVID. So yeah, uh, I think there was an eligibility issue, some COVID, spent some time at Evansville. Um May have gone and done a tour <laughs> overseas. Yeah, DeAndre Williams, God, God bless him. So there is an experience factor there that uh, that I like. Even you look at uh, Alex Lomax 
has played a lot of big basketball games for uh, for, for Memphis. So I'm going to go with the with the Tigers who are uh, who are playing uh, who are playing fearless and are uh, are just sturdy on both ends of the floor. I know Houston didn't have Sasser, and that's a great point, and it's a really big deal. He, mm-hmm. He's their best player. The one thing that worries me about Memphis is a lot of times when you kind of you kind of get over that hump, you win a championship like that. And, you know, Houston's sort of the standard, not sort of, they are the standard mm-hmm. in that league. You can get caught a little flat-footed the sure. next time. And against the the Owls, who uh, they bring their best player off the bench, John L. Davis. They lead the nation in in bench points. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is a, um, you know, this is a, an opportunity. And I believe, I, I think this was right, I believe that uh, in the Bracketology show, we learned from Billis that Dusty May was a former Bob Knight manager. Oh, yeah, he's definitely. A, he's a head he coach. He and Pasternak. So, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... <laughs> but at any rate, uh, FAU, um, terrific team and, and a chance to challenge Memphis. But I, I like Memphis here. Here is where I take exception to the seeding in the tournament, the 5-12 matchup. I thought Duke would get the last three seed. I understand that they're not going to get a two based on resume, but I thought the resume was strong enough and then their play warranted them being seeded right at the bottom of the threes, or at worst, the four. You got a five, not much difference in the four and five. But the consolation prize for the Blue Devils is I think this entire region is wide open for them, and I think they're the best team in it. I'll, I'll just flat say they're the five seed. They're the best team uh, in that. So they'll have uh, Max Asmus, Oral Roberts. I think they're on the longest winning streak in the country. They've won 17 straight. Uh, Acemus has experience taking ORU as a 15 seed into the Sweet 16 a couple of years ago, but there that is not happening. Uh, no, Duke is no. Duke is locked in, and, and I've got Duke easily in, in that round. Yeah, nobody's more mad about the Duke Missy than Paul Mills. Right? Oh yeah, you have yeah. you know he obviously stormed into our consciousness during the during the bubble tournament two years ago. Oral Roberts beat Ohio State in the first round. I believe they beat Florida in the second round and gave Arkansas a game. Um, I was there in uh, mm-hmm. Indianapolis uh, in the uh, in in the Sweet Sixteen and, and credit him for remember O'Banner transferred to Texas mm-hmm. Tech like they lost some linchpins. Credit Max Acemus for sticking around mm-hmm. and it's still scoring like a demon. Um and credit Paul most for rebuilding that caliber of a team to uh to go there. But I really feel like uh, I talked to a couple coaches about Duke today because I knew they were gonna be want to be one of the one of the big stories and an ACC assistant tell me like basically early in the season when we played Duke um, Lively was just so limited offensively that it was like playing four on five for Duke. And he is kind of, you know, came in highly regarded and, and seemed to, when opponents watched him, struggle with like, you want to come in and be everything as the McDonald's All-American, as the as the highly ranked player. And in the last six weeks, there's been an embrace of I'm a five, I'm a rim protector, I'm a rim runner, I am going to score from within two feet, and this is what I'm going to do. And that that evolution, I think, combined with Jeremy Roach coming back, has indicated has has sort of been parallel with the evolution of Duke being a team that I think was eight and six at one point in the ACC, and then closed as strong as they did, and obviously played as well as they did in the tournament. And uh, I give John Shire a lot of credit. Like people have found their roles. Like Whitehead is sort of like a. Uh, 
like a Vinny, Vinny microwave Johnson off the bat. Like he can mm-hmm. come and get them points in bunches. Like you really feel like you know what to expect. Filipowski went through a cold snap. He had that scoreless game at Virginia. He wasn't shooting the three well for a while. Well, guess what? Now he's back. He's that four man that can do all the mismatches because he can pull his guy out. You got to switch on him when he's coming out. So I just feel like they are, they're really clicking right now. And, uh, I don't think I'm going to pick them as far as you are, the way you've hinted, but I but I don't think Oral Roberts is going to give them any trouble. No, uh, they won't, and we'll get to that. There yeah. are a lot of reasons. That one other thing defensively, Tyrese Proctor, reclassified, could have still been in high school, <laughs> Australian, um, is one of the best on-ball defenders in college basketball, and now he's settled into his offensive game. He started to hit some threes. They're a much better shooting team than their overall season percentage would indicate. They're going to roll there. Tennessee, uh, the loss of Zakai Ziegler, they they open against Louisiana in the 4-13 matchup. Uh, Louisiana's only played two tournament-level teams this year. They played Drake. They played Texas. They got stomped in both of them. Um, while Tennessee is not the threat that it was just a couple of weeks ago when at full health, um, I, I still like the volunteers to to get out of that one. Yeah, I feel like if you look at the other three 13 seeds, I probably would have picked them against Tennessee. Um, I just, again, I, I don't have the resume faith in Louisiana. I don't have the faith in the Sunbelt Conference that, you know, schedule that they played. They didn't wow me out of league. So I'm going to go with the, I mean, look, the, the, the Vols are still pretty, pretty talented. Um, For sure. I would mm-hmm. be remiss if I didn't give my favorite Rick Barnes statistic from the NCAA tournament. Rick Barnes has played in five, eight, nine games as an NCAA tournament head coach. You know what his record is? I'm going to guess 0 for. He is 0 and 5. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Rick Barnes has a bit of a tortured NCAA tournament history. There's been, you know, some recent upsets uh, in, in the past. And uh, I just don't think things fell right for Rick Barnes, who, who told me when we were there for game day this fall, he thought this could be the kind of team that could win the national title, and he only thought that three times in his career. Again, luck plays a big role in it. Um, they're going to need Tyreek Key to be a playmaker if they're, mm-hmm. they're going to do that. But even you know, reading some of the coverage of the SEC tournament, one of the quotes from from Barnes was, we're still learning how to play without Zakai. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, they have one game in the tournament to figure it out before things get very real. Yeah, they would have Duke in the second round if they're able to get past Louisiana. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bottom half of the East bracket, another SEC team, Kentucky, which um, 
seemingly was coming off one of its better performances and beating Arkansas on the road. They go into the SEC tournament and Vanderbilt takes them out since Big Blue home unhappy. Now they play Providence and I know it's all probably just coincidental, but mm-hmm. it's much more fun to talk about it being a conspiracy. Absolutely. Bryce Hopkins probably wasn't getting the run that he wanted at Kentucky. He goes to Providence and now he's a star for Ed Cooley. Certainly not their only good player, uh, but Providence and Kentucky. I'm going to take the Friars in, in oh. that one. And you, oh, please tell me that you got them too? Yeah. Uh, maybe I should change my mind. I know. I just, <laughs> yeah. If anyone, if anyone listened to our pick pods in football, like just start <laughs> betting against us. There's way too much synergy here. Yeah. Way too much. I'm disappointed in myself. Okay. Um, All right. So but yeah, got, but remember on the last pod, I said I liked Providence. Yeah, like like they were sort of like a mid seed team that I like. I yeah. This is this is more of a, and this is one of the things that I think will trip you up in trying to pick your bracket is that sometimes you focus more on the teams that you don't trust and you want to pick against them. I have nothing against Kentucky. I think the world of of Calipari, I think he's a funny guy. I think he's cut out to be the Kentucky coach. Um, they've got good players. But they turn in too many stinkers for me, mm-hmm. you know. And I, you know, Providence, uh, you know, Providence lost four of their last five, I think. You know, in first Big East tournament game. Then after that, so it's not like they're coming in, uh, you no, know, gangbusters. And they <laughs> lost to Miami, lost to TCU in the non-conference. Their big wins were all in-conference games. So it scares me a little bit. But I think you need to go eleven-six someplace, and uh, I'm just. You know, I'm not sure Kentucky has it all together, so that's why I'm going with them. Kansas State also probably playing better in uh, January, early February than they are right now. Uh, I want to pick Montana State because we went there for game day and because P.J. Carlissimo called me the night before the show and said, hey, can you mention my guy Danny Sprinkle on the show tomorrow? He got Montana State to the tournament last year. So we, I said, of course, they're going to hang a banner for him tonight. It's not much of a stretch. We'll do it for sure. And they, they're there for the fifth time Montana State is, but I think Kansas State is is kind of way too talented. I brought up this stat on the last pod. I think that the last four, um, the last four three seeds to get bumped by the 14, all from the Big 12, all fit the profile of Baylor and Kansas State, and yet I, I can't quite get there in picking against them. So I'm going to pick Kansas State. So let's, uh, for the tournament junkies, let's go. So it was Texas versus Abilene Christian in 21, West Virginia in 16. Do you remember who beat them? Uh, was that was that Stephen F. Austin or not? I think it was Stephen F. Austin because yeah. then they barely, Notre Dame barely beat Stephen F. Austin in the next game. I was at the Baylor-Yale game right? in Providence yeah. that they lost. And then Iowa State, was that Northwestern State? Yes. In 15. Pretty so sure. Both those happened in, uh, both those happened in 15. Yeah. So, anyway, that is that is the peak talkative and undisciplined right there. But I, <laughs> I saw that stat earlier. Uh, Marissa Dowling, our great game day stats uh, co-worker, uh, gave us gave us bushels of information. And there's nothing I like more than like a good upset rabbit hole. But And also, I've got to, I mean, Marissa, love Marissa. Got to give Gil Brands for yeah, some love, too. Gil. He's my game day basketball yes. researcher. So he was he was on top of this. I'm just looking at you said it was uh it was 15 for, I'm looking at the Baylor and Iowa State were both in 2015. Okay. Yeah. I want to say that was a pretty good Iowa State team. Well, um, they, they have a, 
to use your phrase, they've got a bit of a tortured history with the Hampton loss and a two, one of the oh, two yeah. 15 losses. Steve Murfeld. Yeah. Last two years, we've had 15s over twos. Yes. And uh, I don't That's think never happened three times Never happened row. three times. And the last two, we've gone Sweet 16 and St. Peter's went Elite 8 mm-hmm. uh, last year. Okay, Michigan State and USC is oh back to the tournament. Um, I'm, I'm going SC there. It's not that I love SC. It's that, again, Michigan State. Michigan State's responded well to losses at times, but they, uh, they, they've been a little frustrating too. Sort of the Kentucky theory in picking against them is you just don't know what you're getting. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go SC there. SC's a little better defensively than uh, 10 years ago, Dunk City, using Dunk City to get the uh, USC job. Andy Enfield might, might indicate. Yeah, no, they're they're especially interior wise, mm-hmm. they're they're very good defensively. And I just think there's a ceiling on this Michigan State team. I'm not saying USC is some juggernaut, but I uh, I, I don't, you know, is it gonna be Tyson Walker? Is it gonna be Joey Hauser? Like there's just they they have very good players who ultimately are pedestrian when it comes down to the type of guys you need to go to like the sweet 16. So, um, and Hogger has been a little hot, has been a little cold. So, you know, if he's not impacting the game, they can be, uh, they can be in a bit of, bit of a trouble. Now they have shot it better lately and you always feel queasy putting the other team opposite Tom Izzo in the bracket. I don't Mm -hmm. care if it's in the first round, the second round, the third round. I just don't think this is his best team. I would agree. And I've got Mar- Marquette beating Vermont, much yeah. to the chagrin of our friend Tom Brennan. Uh, and I'm sure they will be trying to uh, resurrect the ghost of uh, knocking in, uh, who is it, T.J. Sorrentino? T.J. Sorrentino. He's a Brown assistant, uh, by the way. 13 over four. Taylor Coppenrath. Yeah. The, Jermaine uh, Mopagila. Uh, beat Syracuse back in the day, but I don't think I was there. Do it Worcester, Mass. You know, we've talked a lot about Duke's hot streak. Marquette's won nine in a yeah. row, too, and, and they kind of roll through the Big East tournament, got challenged by UConn. So now in this East bracket, my final four pick out of that, uh, I've alluded to it, is Duke. Because Duke is underseeded, but then they were, were rewarded for their underseeding by getting a path that I think they can handle. Purdue's really good, but Duke is more athletic on the perimeter. That's going to give um, Purdue's young guards who struggled a bit, assuming they get there, a world of trouble. And if there is any team in the country that can come close to matching Zach Eady's length in the interior, it's Duke with Derek Lively, and even with Filipowski, who's a seven-footer too, even though he doesn't quite play that way, and just for you guys who like foreshadowing, they've got a guy they're not even playing right now at Duke, a man called Christian Reeves, and I've been to several of their practices because I've done a bunch of their Mm -hmm. games. He is a dude. He, he's going to come in next year, and everybody's going to go, where'd this guy come from? He can, mm. he can play. Mm. And so if you get foul trouble, I don't know. He doesn't play much in right now. But they've got the size to handle Edie. They've got better, um, better length, better athletes on the perimeter. I've, I've got Duke uh, rolling to Houston, going to the Final Four. We're going to tell Paul Biancardi to watch his back, Reese. You're, yep. you're doing our recruiting reporting <laughs> now, too. Yeah. Um, so I uh, I've I've Duke going to lead eight, but I have Marquette beating Duke. Uh, first of all, what a setting that would be in the Garden. Now Marquette got the Garden rolling a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, during the Big East tournament. Duke has long treated Madison Square Garden like Syracuse and others have as like a home away from home. There's certainly an alumni base there for Duke that are happy to tell you that they're Duke alumni, yeah. and they're happy to buy expensive seats in Madison Square Garden and they consider right of passage. But that would be that would be a pretty fun East Regional final if it's uh if it's those two. And look, um 
Obviously, my joke about Tyler Kolick is that he's your favorite player's favorite player. He's got 7.8 assists per game. He's just been, you know, I, I know you've teased Greenberg about him uh, oh, a, a bunch. Love, yeah, a he bunch, loves him. A, bu- yeah. a bunch on the show. And, and there's a lot to, uh, there, there's a lot mm-hmm. to love about him. Um, you know, they are, I think, dynamic enough to expose some of Duke's youth. And they can they can play in a way that can get you out of sorts. Um, I will say this interesting Shaka Smart stat. He has lost six straight NCAA tournament games, like like first four or first round. Uh, Northern Iowa on a half court uh, mm-hmm. was was obviously one of those. So there is a little torture that he has to get past. So of course I'm putting him in the final four. Which brings we I have Duke Marquette in the Elite Eight. You have Duke Marquette in the Elite Eight. Seth had Duke Marquette in the Elite Eight. Lafonso had Duke Marquette in the Elite Eight. Billis had Duke Marquette in the Elite Eight. So they're both d- not going to the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, so dear, so during the show to that point, I get a text from our buddy Chris Felica who said, "Thanks for making it easy for me to pick Duke and Marquette to be knocked out yes, early." <laughs> yes, yeah, the bear knows. The bear knows. If we have a joke on game day. If if everybody picks a certain team, you automatically bet against that team. It, it was ridiculous. I thought I had this uh, a little different Final Four, and I, it was everybody's the same. Too much. Too much groupthink. Pete and I will try to vary our picks. Actually, we won't. We're just going to tell you what we think, and then you can go against it and perhaps win. I have Arizona Marquette so far. So I'm not. I'm not a chalk eater like you. I I've got a five seed in the Final Four. It's Duke. I mean, we work at ESPN. We get enough flack They're for Duke. Five seed. <laughs> They're a five seed, Pete. Yeah, but they should be a three, and it's okay. still Duke, and it's they have like three chalk. lottery picks on their team. Yeah, maybe so. And they have lottery picks coming off the bench; they don't even play. Yeah, you see in practice. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that plucky, that plucky mid-major from Durham. Please. <laughs> now I think they're good. Like I, I had a hard time picking them out of the bracket, but the reason I didn't was because everybody's going to put Duke in. Yeah, the, uh, I mean every single person. Is and, and as we mentioned it earlier about Memphis, as it pertains to the one game, the same thing pertains to Duke too. They sort of had to fight to get right. They got hot. They won the tournament. Now, do they exhale? Do they know how to handle everything that that goes with it? And that's part uh, that's part of the youth. They have eleven new guys on the roster from the uh, program that went to the Final Four last year. I say program because it's certainly not the same team. Uh, Jeremy Roach made the trip, and that's that's about it. Okay, that's the East bracket. Next time you download the podcast, you will hear about either the Midwest or West. That all depends on where you click. We'll break down each game in the first round coming up.